I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Hip Hop on Drugs. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lisa Evers. And you can check out all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 and Fox 5, free of charge on my website, lisaevers.com. Now, songs about drugs have been around forever and can be found in many music genres. But lately, it seems as if hip hop has become addicted to drug lyrics. One of the most popular albums in the country right now on the Billboard Top 10 charts is Future and Juice World's World on Drugs. But they're not the only artists who write and rap about lean pills and getting wasted. There are many, many more, and it seems there's references in just about every hot song that is out there. In 2017, the CDC says drug overdose deaths, this is new information that we're just getting, drug overdose deaths reached an all-time high, breaking the previous record, and the 200 people a day in the United States die from them, and that's one every eight minutes. Here in New York City, the health department tells us that one person dies from a drug overdose in New York City every six hours. That's about four a day. So with this crisis growing and taking more and more lives, like we saw with Mac Miller, may he rest in peace, a very tragic case. We're going to talk about that as well. We're asking if all the drug talk is normalizing the self-destructive behavior, especially with our youth, and especially when there is a new element of danger in this whole drug conversation, which is called fentanyl. We're going to talk about that as well. Joining me for this conversation, is King Gooey. He's a hip-hop artist from Patterson. His new video is King of New York, and he's been on national tours with a number of artists. Gooey, great to have you with us on the Definitely show. Definitely great to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Arabia Molette. She's an emergency room doctor, and she treats many drug overdoses. Dr. Arabia, great to have you with us. Thank you. Peace Thank and blessings. Peace. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Kriegmer. He's the CEO and founder of All Hip Hop Dot com. Chuck, a lot of people were very saddened, you know, naturally and understandably about the, the death of Mac Miller. We learned mm -hmm. that it was a toxic combination of fentanyl, ethanol, and cocaine that was mm -hmm. responsible for his accidental death. But he started out on lean. There's videos of him with a mm -hmm. big soda bottle and, and the whole thing. Let's start at the beginning. The lean thing, we used to think of it as just being a southern thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you go back far enough to even like the ghetto boys and groups like that, you would hear uh, different references to lean and it had different names as well. And it was really only considered a southern combination or drug, if you will. But it's spread quite a bit. I mean, it's it's all over now through the whole country and, and beyond. And it's really I think treated as a casual thing by most people who don't quite understand how dangerous it really is. And it's surprising because so many people have died from lean or had major complications from it like Wayne or Rick Ross and others. And uh, so it's, it's kind of baffling in a lot of ways why it still continues to be um, perpetuated in lyrics and in real life even. And more so than ever before it seems and in, in the, yeah. the biggest songs. I know. And I mean, it's, it's it's quite baffling, but I think, you know, we have to really look at the larger picture and who's promoting this and who is here um, behind the curtain, so to speak, uh, allowing this to come through to our community, our kids, you know, and I don't think we see the uh, pervasiveness of drug culture in other music forms and other 
uh, cultures as well. Yeah, no, but there've been a lot. There've been rock. Yeah. There've been rock groups oh, yeah. and th- throughout the going back to the beat. You know, the Beatles mm-hmm. that, that have been have been talking about it. But it just seems like every single song. Well, that's what it, I these mean. These are the hottest songs. And it's the number one. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, I yeah. just I just feel like it's a you know you don't you don't see say like uh, Taylor Swift. She's a pop artist. Did you talking see about pop lean, artists? Right. Yeah, you see literally to me pop artists singing, and they they are rewarded through um, success. And, and and it's not a there's no stigma attached to it. To right. Me. So if you're rewarded for rapping about it, you may not even do it, but it may be the thing to do to become successful, to become wealthy, or to con- to change your conditions, or to give a certain to a certain look or like a certain style. Goey, what about that? As an up and coming artist, you've been you've been out on tour. Tell us about tell us about your experiences with this. I'm saying, um, well, basically, like everybody got their own drug of choice. It's a list of drugs that everybody do like outside of lean that also take a toll on people that you they don't put on social media that you don't see so of course everybody gonna look at it as though like i experienced lean myself like i drink lean like to this day i drink lean like so i can actually speak on like it puts you it get you high everybody want to feel as though like you dealing with whatever you're doing whatever it's not good for younger people to do though because they looking at like these people are probably glorifying for them to do it or they want to be cool and look like them that's not the case you feel me? Like it's, it's people doing. It's no excuse to do drugs, but at the end of the day, you can't target one drug without talking about the rest of them. Like, well, let's let's hey. just talk about the the lean for a second because a, l- a lot of people say that's that's kind of like the I hate the term gateway drug, but that's kind of like people's kids' first introduction. Well, what exactly what, do you put in? How do you exactly make lean? What is it? Explain uh, that for people. Get promethazine, codeine, and your your soda of choice. Like that's it. You pour it in the soda, you shake it up. And you in there. But, like, they say that's a gateway drug now, and they said weed was a gateway drug. They changed that now. Right. And now they say weed is not a gateway drug anymore. So it's like, you gonna you got to stick to what you're going to... You think weed was a gateway drug, now you say lean is a gateway drug. But I don't drug. think we saw, Dr. Rabia, we see people ever overdose yeah, on marijuana. Yeah, you don't overdose on marijuana. You, you, the only time you ever overdose on marijuana when you cut it with something else. Um... To understand the effects of it, I remember you mentioned Ghetto Boys. I remember when Pimp C mm-hmm. and Bing Pimpin', and yeah. he died from an accidental overdose of drinking lean. And as also, a matter of fact, he... Speaking Knockers did also, too. Speaking Knockers died of, uh, I think, promethazine also. Right, so he died with lean, which is the codeine and promethazine. So how do you just how do you die from it though? Like from so, lean, if you're putting cough syrup in the soda, you know that green soda bottle we always see in a lot of videos and so stuff too. I, the thing is that people, I, I think that you know a lot of people don't understand the 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 nasty or the side effects or the adverse effects of not just lean. Lean is again what you just mentioned before. The two components is codeine, which is an opiate, and opiates is a narcotic. Right. It's a narcotic that once it attached to your opiate receptors in your brain, your spine and your, and your intestinal, your gastrointestinal systems, as well as in your lungs, it produces a morphine like effect. So what it does is that if you overdose on lean, whether whether it be lean, whether it be Imodium AD, which is an anti-diarrhea drug, which is also an opiate because it's a big thing as well, that it can cause hy- what is called a hypoxic brain injury, meaning that lack of oxygen to your brain. Eventually, you can develop seizures. You 
develop respiratory depression and eventually death. And then if you if it's that severe, more, a lot of people can actually develop it or go into a vegetative state. And so that's how oh real it is in these side effects. And that, that's the problem that a lot of, and not, I'm not going to just say young people because there's people around my age too. I'm an 80s baby that also do it as well. Right. But they don't understand the, the side effects of it. It's not, it's not that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal because as an emergency physician, I'm seeing kids young as 8, 9, 10, 11 years old coming into the emergency room overdosing on these drugs. When you combine it with alcohol, which is another b- drug that we're facing in a, as a crisis in the United States. Right, which is legal, but it's it's a huge problem as well. It's a huge problem because alcohol is more socially accepted, but people don't even really understand the effects of alcohol, too, because it acts like a sedative. Right. And it also has some of the similar effects. So I'm also seeing kids from five, not necessarily five, but like eight, nine. Eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old coming in high off lane, and some of them don't even come back from it. And I have to be the one to make, to break the news to the family members that their child had passed away because of this. And this is... And this You've is actually dangerous. seen a kid that young of pass course. away from it? Of course. From, so basically they just course. stop breathing. It, it stops your brain, so you just stop breathing, Stop basically? breathing because your breathing sentence is in your brain. Oh, wow. That's so sad. The major breathing center is in your brain. It's located in your brain. That is so sad. Well, we're going to continue talking about this because we want to save lives and we also want people to be informed about what choices they make and what the possible consequences could be. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? This is Clarity, and you're listening to Street Soldiers with the one and only Lisa Evers on Hot 97. You dig? Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about hip-hop on drugs. Let me introduce our panel to you. Joining us is King Gooey. He's a hip-hop artist from Patterson. His new video is King of New York, and he's been on national tours. Gooey, great to have you with us. Definitely great to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Arabia Molette. She's an emergency room doctor. She treats many drug overdoses. Uh, Dr. Arabia, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. No, great to have you with us. Also with us is Chuck Kriegmer. He's the CEO and founder of AllHipHop.com. Chuck, great to have you with Thank us. Thank you. Let's talk about the, the, the lyrics itself. Gui, you say you did lean, you do lean now, but do you feel like the lyrics encourage people to do this, or the, is there a connection? Music encourages people to do everything. What, no matter what, what kind of music it is, every, any lyric going to encourage people. You make a love song, it might encourage a girl to break up with a boyfriend. You make a song about weed, it might encourage somebody to get high. Feel me? It, of course it does. And what about for you? What, what made you start, start sipping? Honestly, honestly, I don't know. Like, I can't give you a, I'll be lying if I told you I know. Like, I can't even remember the first time I drunk lean. Like, it's just like, you, the music, I can't even say it's the music. It's like you just end up doing it. You piece around your peers, your peers do it. Like, you know, it's not so, I won't say peer pressure, but I'll say like, part of the what's culture? around you, exactly. It becomes a part of the culture. Like, everything spreads. But do you wake up in the morning and, no. and go like, uh, I got to get, I got to, Nah. Can you go a day, like if you had a day and, yeah. you know, they were running you around on a crazy schedule? You honestly, I can honestly say that I only drink lean, like maybe when I go to the studio, basically. Like when I'm going to the studio, I'll probably, you feel me? But like not on a every day I got to wake up and, oh, I got to feel high every day of lean. Like it's not an, for me, it's not an addiction. But for some people, it is. Chuck, what about what about what he's saying in terms of it? It's that same effect. Like you know, yeah. they use product placement in videos and on yeah. Instagram and stuff, everything to get people to do certain things. 
What, well, what, what do you mean? I mean, in terms of the effect, do you think it's it, it's not pushing it, but it's mm-hmm. it, even if well, you're portraying it, where do you draw the line between well, just talking know. about think, what's in the culture and kind of expanding it? I mean, I definitely think some people are pushing it. I mean, you have rappers like Lil Xan, not to highlight him, but his name is Lil Xan, short right. for Xanax. So mm-hmm. it's inferred yeah. that that's something that you need to be associated with if you have a rapper with that name. So... As far as I'm concerned, I think that there is an effect. I think that there are things that are just a part of the culture, uh, for better or worse. But it that, doesn't have to be, though. No, it, do, it definitely doesn't have to be. But, you know, I mean, let's just keep it a buck. You know, people from the 80s were doing hard drugs. They were doing crack. They were doing cocaine. Um, they weren't promoting it as as it is today. Grandmaster Flash, White Lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, White Lines. Yeah. But, you know, they went back. That was actually a pro-cocaine song that right. they added the, the, the neg- you know, the don't the warning do it. part. Right. right. They added that. But cocaine is still kind of like you could be a weekend warrior. A lot of people were weekend warriors with that. I mean, but a lot, but, but it's here's still it. addiction. Absolutely. So just because that you don't wake up every morning and think about it, it doesn't mean that you're not addicted. You have people who are functional addicts and you have people that are non-functional addicts. And I come from a family that was split between both. And some people, they do it once a week. Some people, they did it every day. But it's still an addiction because it's not something, it's not, first of all, it's not healthy for you. And in an overdose, you know, addiction is a very complicated uh, disorder to understand mm-hmm. and is usually typically associated with the misuse of drugs and also the psychological component to it. Mm-hmm. Like depression? Like depression. Um, is that what stress. drives people to begin with? Some people, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, a lot of times when I speak with patients that may have OD'd, whether they OD'd, I'm sorry, overdose, um, whether it's intentional or, or accidental, I usually go back and ask them, like, okay, what happened prior to this? What pushed you to, you know, take this drug to this amount, to this limit? And a lot of people, whether it be young people to people around my age or even older, like elderly people as well, that are also overdosing on these drugs. So, you know, I'm stressed out, I'm depressed. Or some people, they don't, when they talk to me, they don't even realize that they are in, they're actually depressed. So there's, it's, it's, it's very complicated to understand addiction. It's something that we still don't understand why people become addicted. And again, and I'm coming from but, not just from the perspective of an emergency physician, but, but also as a I've family member, in a household a family member. where my own you know, my own family were also addicted to a number of drugs as okay, well. Okay, but it, and, and it is, I'm sure there's psychological, you know, there's psychological things. Mm-hmm. It's the same things if somebody has yeah. a bad day or a breakup yeah. or, you know, they lose a job or they're like, I'm going out and getting drunk tonight or th- yeah. they'll say something like that. So it's, it's like the same kind of thing. But now you enter, enter into the mix fentanyl, yeah. which in the last two years we've seen a surge, the greatest surge of, of drugs into the New York City area that the DEA has ever seen. A couple of grains can be toxic yeah you can overdose from micrograms not grams micrograms micrograms what is that like a fleck of salt like exactly that could be really toxic the first time i've actually seen a fentanyl overdose was actually in canada and this was in vancouver vancouver um, British Columbia, Can- um, Canada actually had a uh, have a very high rate of overdose from from fentanyl, and this is years, a, a few years back before it hit New York, and I, the people were walking around like zombies in Vancouver, and I didn't I didn't understand, and I and I asked kind of like wow these people are weird, yeah, like I was like well no I didn't understand because I said what I said what's the biggest drug out here? They said fentanyl. This is 2011 or 2000 and, no sorry uh, 2011 I was still living in Cuba, but 2013 or 14. Um, when I came back, 
and I, I went to Vancouver, and I, I, I always ask this question, what's the biggest drug use uh, drug out here that everybody's um, addicted to? Right. And they said fentanyl. And this is way before it hit But wasn't fentanyl created originally for like a can- cancer painkiller drug or something? Well, it is a painkiller. So fentanyl, so for people to understand, fentanyl is a fast-acting synthetic opiate that acts on your opiate receptors that we all have in our bodies that produce morphine-like effect. And the reason why fentanyl is very dangerous because it's 15 times more potent than heroin. And so even the, even with the a small amount, depending or the amount that someone ingests or injects, it can actually make your diaphragm and the muscles in your chest seize up. And so it, your chest become frozen. Your diaphragm become frozen. We call it the wooden chest syndrome. And it's relatively easy wow. to make. It's very cheap. It's synthetic. It's synthetic. So you don't have to grow it anywhere. You don't even have you to know, get a prescription. People are ordering it on the internet. We're you being find told. It in the street. Right. I've given fentanyl for patients that came in with a heart attack before, but I gave it at, a, at an appropriate dose because we have our appropriate doses that we give to the patients so that they, it doesn't take away, you know, that it doesn't kill them. Right. Um, but fentanyl is very, very dangerous, and it acts really fast, more so than heroin, morphine, dilaudid, again, Imodium AD as well, methadone as well. So that's why... I, Fentanyl so that's what's being mi- and it's being mi- it's being mixed in cocaine. It's cocaine, being mixed in everything. Alcohol, alcohol even, alcohol even, and people need to be need to be aware of what that is exactly. And that that's not that's part of the equate. You know what we've seen, Chuck. When you when you hear that, does that make you concerned about what we're hearing and what we're listening to and why this is be- would this be allowed in another culture? Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning to me. I mean, again, to if you go back far enough, there was a stigma attached to being like a crackhead or being right, uh, uh, even a cokehead. You know, it wasn't really a, an, a thing to be. It wasn't cool at all. It wasn't cool at all. And I talked to a lot of rappers and they're always talking to me about what's going on. Like, not that drug dealing was any better, but they're like, what are these people doing? Like, we were we sold drugs. It was never cool to be. A Taking fiend. drugs, a fiend, yeah, exactly. Gooey, what about that? Because it's true. It's like everything was about you know, he, cut it, he, cut it, he, cut he it. Right, he a hundred percent right. It, it never was ever in no era. They always looked at it like it's never cool to be the fiend. And I'm like, these days, like people turning into the fiends and they don't even know it. Like mm-hmm. just because it's not crack and it ain't dope or it ain't something that maybe might be sold in your neighborhood or you might have sold somebody, like you could still turn into a fiend, like. Mm-hmm not know it but what about like on tour tell us about like what's the atmosphere on tour with the other artists and their and their their, you know the people that they have around them it's just like being around like more people who into what you into because you got everybody smoking the weed you got people drinking lean you got people doing what they do and behind the door whether it's behind the door it's in the room with people it's just a vibe like when you on tour you either you bring your vibe they bring theirs like whatever it might be and just part of the culture. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Hey, yo, 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 what up, what up? It's the infamous Mob Deep, Prodigy right here, you know what I mean? And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, you know what I mean? And real people, only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about hip-hop on drugs. Joining me for this conversation, King Gooey. He's a hip-hop artist from Patterson. His new video is called King of New York, and he's also been on many national tours. Gooey, great to have you with it's us. It's definitely a pleasure to be here with you. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Arabia Molette. She's an emergency room doctor and she treats many drug overdose patients. Dr. Arabia, great to have you with Thank us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Creekmer. He's a CEO and founder of allhiphop.com. Chuck, great to have you with us as always. Salute. 
Thank you. Chuck, in terms of hip-hop history, mm -hmm. we go back to drug, drug use, yeah. drug dealing. That's been kind of one of the main things, the whole right. street culture. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. What's your first memory of, of a drug song? Oh, my God. Well, it's it's definitely um, Grandmaster Melly Mel, uh, White Lines. That's, right. that's That's probably the first one. But, I mean, it was always interwoven into the culture, so you just... You know, you just knew. And I was a guy that grew up, and I didn't drink or smoke coming up. And I'm kind of still wondering how that happened. But it, <laughs> Well, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> your brain is sharp. You're with us. Right? You created a great publication. Thank still you. Still have all your teeth. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but it was definitely always a part of the culture. You know, through the 90s, you had a lot of weed. But you also had lean coming through and other other you know, stuff that was kind of like a little more hidden. And I don't know. I, sometimes I wonder what to think about it, you know, how that how that happened. Because once again, if you go back to other cultures, obviously there was Cheech and Chong and things like that. Right. But we, again, that stuff. was counterculture. It wasn't the culture. Mainstream. Mainstream. And so we've kind of allowed for these toxic, really just destructive things to come into our culture and become normalized. And not address some of the bigger issues like the depression or the, 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 the more mental health related stuff that contributes to it, which I think is really a factor in this whole thing. Because we don't, we don't want to say that you know, somebody does lean once and they're going to become addicted to opioids right. and they're going to have a problem but and never easy succeed. But opioids addictive. are very addictive, right? Mm -hmm. It's that very addictive. I heard, I don't know if it's true, 80% failure once you become addicted, 80% failure rate. 80% if, if you Similar survive. Similar to meth, that 80% failure rate. I'm not saying it doesn't, you know, you can't return from it, but it's right. just make it harder. Extremely hard. Extremely harder to come back from it, especially when you start combining different drugs. So what happened is that um, if I prescribe you a Percocet, and I've seen this plenty of times um, in my career, I can prescribe maybe six tablets of Percocet at the emergency department because they may have fractured a bone, right? The person may come back and say, well, I didn't feel any effects of it. The, the Percocet is not working for me. This is when the problem begins. Hmm, right? This is where the problem begins because now what happens is that either they build a high tolerance to it or they're drug-seeking, and oftentimes we can't really tell. And then you also have these pharmaceutical companies, I think I mentioned the last time I was here, that play a major role in pushing out these these the pills addicted but how do you define addiction addiction because you talk about there's functional addicts how do you how do you define like when should gooey does he worry you know he, he can do lean now or whatever does he reach a point it's under control does he reach a point where gooey do you worry about that like is it going to get out of control or out of hand nah i honestly don't like i'm in control of whatever i do honestly like, i know like if it's getting too far and i just feel as though i don't but how do you know when is when you get too far? Because I hear I hear a lot of people say that when it comes to the emergency department, and like, they said, you know, I didn't, you know, I usually have this under control, and then that'd be that one time that it'd be like last time. Yeah, but like me personally, I go to the doctor a lot, so like I go get checkups a lot. So like if I feel as though they tell me like son changing here, saying I won't do this, and I eat healthy on a daily basis. But you can water, eat like, healthy. Water. I know people who are vegans. I know people who work out, and they can overdose. That has nothing to do with. You could be healthy. You can run every day. You can exercise. But when you are taking certain opiates or certain drugs, again, or overdose is when a to is a toxin amount of that drug or combination of drugs that overwhelms your body. 
and well, you may get to that not you I'm just saying you I'm I just know, saying over in yeah, general I'm saying yes. that you know you can get to that point where that you might not get that effect the same effect that you had before because you build a high tolerance you t- and you it, have to do more and more and going. you have to do more and more and increase your risk of of coma and it just and you, you to get that high we're going to talk about Fellas, that in a second. you got you got to drink a pint a day in order for you to like like no like, I, if you like I feel as this like this you saying like it's opioids and a lot of other things outside of lean like it's like People who are overdosing by doing a lot or consuming. Like you can't tell me if I drink lean today or once a week that I'm gonna. I but you build the overdose. tolerance to it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You build the tolerance to it. You actually. It's the same. But thing if with he's wait, let me let, let, let's explain. Explain to us how how does it make you feel and how do you how do you control it? I'm just saying. Like, you gotta you gotta drink. You gotta consume a lot of lean in order for you to turn to like. Like you gotta like really like if I feel as though if you if I drink lean today and I drink lean next weekend or maybe might be the week after that or a matter of span of time, I don't feel as though I'm gonna go into the emergency room and just or I'm gonna overdose in my bed or something like that. I don't feel that way. Like, I feel as though if I feel myself needing more of something, I leave it. I'm gonna leave it alone. Like if I feel as though I gotta consume more of this to get high, I, I don't need it. You feel but me? But how like, does it make? Explain the high to us. How does it make you feel? I want. It's like. It's just it's relaxing, like basically, like it just relaxes you. Basically, it also makes you drowsy, like. But it's different strokes for different folks. Me personally, it's just relaxing, like when I go recording studio. It's just so it's, it's a vibe, it just like takes, it's a part of the takes culture. Takes away like, all the distractions and yeah, lets you focus more you, on the you, music. But what you just yeah. said is basically that's what that's what all opiates do. That's exactly what all opiates do. They bring you to that euphoric effect because it's working on your the receptors in your brain. So what you just said, what you just mentioned earlier and how you span it out, you build the tolerance over time. And what you just said was the same thing I said. After a while, if you feel like you need to have, you need to consume more to get that high effect, you will stop, but others won't. Yeah, but there, I think it's yeah. all. I think we also have to point yeah. out too. I mean, the, these tr- yeah. these overdose statistics are pretty pretty scary when you hear them. How many there are? But there's also a lot of people that are doing it that it doesn't affect because they have different body chemistry or uh-huh. or different health. But routines. it's called tolerance. That's what I'm saying. You build a tolerance over over time, and then the more tolerance you build, and if it does not have that same effect with you on you, if you're not strong like him and say you know I'm going to pull back from it some people they will continue to either consume uh, a toxic amount or they will add another combination of drug to have it's the same, same thing effect. with alcohol there's yeah. people that will d- yeah. drink and drink and then they'll start realizing wow drinking too much yeah. going cold it's turkey alcohol pause, take a pause alcohol, what about that and I appreciate you being I appreciate you being yeah. so like about this people don't see it when they drink it too much alcohol because alcohol is made to be legal it's made to be mm-hmm. okay to drink like, it's like no like it's like I right, People, it's a target on lean because that's what's going on in the music right now, no, but that ain't the only thing people overdosing off mm-hmm. of. Like, that ain't the main thing people overdosing off of. Like, right, but the main me, thing is prescription like, drugs that they're overdosing. Saying? Like, it's alcohol kill people every day, too. Like, it's a lot of other it's things. True. That play a part true. In. Chuck, what about that? Is is it easier to target hip-hop because the yeah, biggest stars, the biggest names, the mm. people who are singing about this are people of color? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look... And from I, the hood in a lot of cases? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I Look, make no mistake about it. We have the topic here, but I don't blame hip-hop for any of it because hip-hop is still only a reflection of what's going on. It's only a reflection of the bigger picture. It's always reflective or indicative of a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. So I don't really trip off this particular conversation because this is what it is. But at the end of the day, hip hop just only, you know, it just really reflects what's going on. So if you look at somebody like a little peep or somebody, he's on his IG literally popping pills until he dies that same day. 
then that's that's a huge problem that we can't blame on hip hop. We have to look at that area, Long Island, New York, mm-hmm. or those types of kids and ask ourselves why what's going why, on with that? Yeah, why no why didn't anyone say anything or what's going on in his life personally that he has to do that? Why does he have to do it on Instagram? Why does, you know what I mean? And like if, there's nobody he can talk to. Really maybe, talk to. but I, I don't know. You yeah. know, I can't say that he did or he didn't. May he rest in peace. Maybe yeah. he's, again, being rewarded for being so reckless, so abusive. Maybe someone looks at a Kurt Cobain and, and says, oh, my God, he's immortal now. He mm-hmm. died like this. He's, right. you know, or Tupac. I mean, people, I mean, our community always gets stigmatized and criminalized, right? Uh But I think that also as a community, we have a responsibility for one another. Uh And that's the part that I have with... Some, even with certain, not with this particular conversation, but we have a, we have a, we have to be as a community to take responsibility and also to look out for one another. Codeine again is an opiate, so I just want to let you know that this is because we're talking about lean. We're, I'm talking about everything in yeah. terms of that's related to it. But hip hop is not just the artist. Hip hop is the community mm-hmm. at large. And when, when I think of hip hop, I think about myself because I grew up in the '80s. I grew up in the '90s, and we as a community we have to talk about these things and we have to save our kids because no one else is. Is, is not coming into the emergency room and helping me to save these children that are coming from East New York, Brownsville, coming from the South Bronx, and, and really sitting there like, okay, Doc, what you need me to do? And what I need you to do is that I need you to help me to talk to these kids and get into these families. And like, yo, you got to be more involved in right. what these kids to, are doing. Because and not it's find out that your kid was doing it in the ER. Right. And I'm a, I, was, I was a mother, and you know, my son passed away, so it's even so more sorry. disheartening, you know, yeah. to see this, you know, on a consistent basis. So, you know, it, no, it's not hip-hop's fault. I think it, it's definitely the power. No, and I that think be. we want to be clear about but that. Right. We just we're wanted to flooded. discuss the powers it because that be. Yeah, we're being flooded. I mean, again, yeah. you have rappers that are named after prescription drugs. It always makes me wonder, are right. they sliding them a couple checks? Are they sending you know money to these labels to sign artists with these names? Like A, a pill-popping culture. Overall, in our country, we are very pill-popping exactly. culture. Exactly, and the pill mm-hmm. is the answer to everything. we got to take a short break. We'll be back with more. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, Safari checking in live, and you know that outside is cold weather. Nobody else do it better, and she don't do cheap leather. That's why I'm here rocking with Lisa Evers. Street! Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the drug overdose epidemic and hip-hop's drug lyrics. Joining me for this conversation, King Gooey. He's a hip-hop artist from Patterson. His new video is called King of New York, and he's also been on national tours. Gooey, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. Also with us is Dr. Arabia Molette. She's an emergency room doctor. She treats many overdose uh, drug overdose cases. Dr. Arabia, great to have you with Thank us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Creekmore. He's the CEO and founder of allhiphop.com. Chuck, we had almost this very same conversation about hip-hop and violence. Right. When we were really concerned, which is still going on, but when gun violence was the number one cause of, cause mm-hmm, of death. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like the music is being blamed because hip-hop is now more popular than ever before? Mm-hmm. Um, is Or what's going on? Or is it the gatekeepers who maybe are just saying, you know, it's okay as long as it's in the communities of color and mm-hmm. inner cities, but, you know, well, what do, what I, do you see as the kind of like the politics here? Again, I think, you know, when I, back in the day when I used to rap, I, I did a song with somebody, and they and they said, and they said at the end of the song, they were like, "Yo, you didn't, you didn't even kill anybody. Like, what's going on? Like, and they had murdered like a million people on their record. I feel like it's the same thing with with the current state. 
and and the, the state of drugs, if you will, or whatever, whatever's going on, you know, you're always going to have people who will reward you for doing whatever can get anybody paid, whether it's the label, whether it's, you know, you as an independent artist, whatever the case may be, you tend to see artists follow the leader more than ever before. So a future, I don't know what future does in his personal life, but he talks about how he really doesn't do lean. 50 Cent, same thing. Back back when he was out, he talked right. about smoking. He doesn't smoke or drink. No, not at all. Yeah, but, you know, obviously if you're trying to appeal to whatever's popping, whatever's going on, you might rap about it or you might talk about it in that way. If you If you listen to Future or even Juice World or someone like that, you would think they do nothing but drugs all day, all all night I mean it's impossible to live that lifestyle and not and create and perform and actually have a career absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely or you just die you know what I mean so I think that we are actually definitely being sold something that's not necessarily completely the reality and people buy into it and that's the unfortunate side effects and, and I think that what you're seeing is the real reality mm -hmm. and not the glamorized version of it that comes right. through songs and, and um, the, the videos. Are and there things. any mentorships or like mentors that are, especially you as an artist? No. That I, are like the, our generation, older generation, whoever is coming to you and like, listen, bro, like, no. He's mentoring. Gooey, just, tell, but tell us about because you you Sorry. told me what, when we talked okay. about this, mm -hmm. you you talk about the people that are, um, you, you talk about how you feel very strongly that if it's somebody 10, 11, 12 years old, they should not be doing lean, right? Yeah, no. Be, be explain like, your point of view on that. Like any anybody of age should feel the same way though. Like you, who would? Everybody should encourage the younger people to not do it. Like, what? That's like if you want to you you. That's like if you. How could I put it? Like, it's like if you go to jail or if you do anything that's not good, you're gonna encourage them. Don't do this. This is the effect it is. This is not good. I had to go through this. Don't do this. Like, but you can't. I don't. That's that's. You can't live. You can't live one lifestyle and tell kids not to do it because they're they're gonna emulate whatever you do. What they see. If you drink, they're gonna drink. If you don't. If you don't smoke, they're not gonna smoke. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a. You can't. I. I really feel strongly that you can't. Walk one walk and then talk a talk another talk. You have, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental or preachy or anything, nah, but kids are absolutely going to do what they see. They're like sponges. Yeah. They soak up everything. Walk it like you talk it. But if you, it's like this. Uh, if I don't smoke, they might like. It might. It might look up. You got Instagram these days. You got these apps. Absolutely. You have all these other other outlets for them to see other things for them to appeal Facts. to. Facts. So like, the most you could do, like, even, you are right, like, you can't contradict yourself, you can't be doing one thing and then telling them not to do it, but you gotta do your best, though, you ain't gonna let them sit there and just nah, turn nah, I feel like, you. a slave to what's going on on social media, maybe, even if you are doing it, you just keep it away from them, don't do it around That's them, true too. encourage them, like, don't do this, you feel me, like, Cause if you, no matter how you put it, they gonna see it done somewhere else, like, mm -hmm. so the best you could do is just encourage them not to do it through how you doing, like, yo, don't do this. Like, even don't show it to them. Like, don't do that. Don't do it around them. Like, that's the case. Like, I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do with their life. Like, I ain't trying but to. But have you told? Have you wrong. told any like like the kids? Yeah, in your, of course. In your, like, tell like, us about that. Like, definitely. Like, honestly, like, where well, I come from, Paso, New Jersey. So everything is about what you see. Everybody want to follow what they want to follow, whatever the case may be. But like, it be kids around that are come around, and you might see them trying to have a sprite in their hand, or they have a fan in their hand, or something like that, and they try to put 
like Jolly Ranchers in it and make it feel like they cool, make it feel like they doing something. Like, nah, don't, don't come over here with that. Like, don't do this ain't real right. Take it, throw it in the garbage. Like, bomb another but one. But this is the community like effort. Like, yeah, this is the like, community effort yeah. exactly. that has to be involved. But my exactly. thing is, I have a real deep concern with where these these kids are going to be when they hit 40, you know, 30, 40, or beyond. Because now right. we're seeing the effects of what cats were doing back in the day, in the 90s. Everybody was drinking 40s, and everybody was, you know. Well, they got that, liver diseases yeah, and all this other and they're stuff. dying. Like, people are literally dying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So imagine what um, drinking excessive lean does to your liver. Oh my God! There's long-term psychological effects from it. Right. Does long-term. it cause brain? Does it really? Is that a hype? You know, to scare people when you say it causes brain damage. No, it's not a hype. It's reality. It's a reality. It is a reality, and it's sad. And I'm, you know, I don't want to cry, but it's it's sad. You know, and it's overwhelming. Is 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 it overwhelms us in the emergency department? Um, again, I I come from a family that struggled with addiction and still dr- struggle with addiction today. So it's like I'm, I'm dealing with both sides of, of the game. But it's, it's a long-term psychological effect so that do we're you dealing feel, with, with do you, a lot of people. And do you feel from everything that, everything that you've seen in the, in the ER and your personal experiences as well with your family and, and the community, do you feel that before there's an addiction problem, there is always or ninety you know majority of the time some sort of psychological issue oh, like yeah. a depression definitely. or something definitely. like that definitely and i think again in this country and again i lived in cuba for many years i've i've graduated from medical school in cuba as well and in back in cuba on the island um Mental health and physical health is spoken as one. We're here in the United States. We talk about mental health and physical health as two separate entities. And we have to stop. We have to have better conversations and, and actually turn these conversations into unison and solidify that mental health and physical health, excuse me, is, is, is the same. If one is off, the other one would be off. Okay, And this is a big problem that we're facing because we're looking at everything so separate. We're, we're so excuse me, individualistic here in the United States that we're not looking at things from a community standpoint. standpoint. Well, that's what we're we're trying to do right here. Chuck, do you feel like the, do you you feel like if the, if this music, I mean, at the end of the day too, the consumers, the fans have freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. They're downloading these songs. Mm -hmm. So if they stopped downloading them or if they were given something else that was portrayed as cool, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you can sell anybody anything with the right amount of marketing and promotion. The right amount of money, you can sell anybody literally anything. So there was an era where hip-hop was just street rap. Then right. it was Then it was conscious. And then it was like a hybrid between, you know, like the Wu-Tangs, you know. So you can sell anybody anything. And that's, that's really my issue. You know, I sat on... Um, I went to a discussion the other day with Chuck D from Public Enemy and The Last Poets, and that was my question to them. Like, the energy can really be the exact same energy. Cool. you could, Conscious is cool. So is being revolutionary. That's cool, too. Right. But how do you make people understand that? And it's all, it all boils down to marketing and promotion mm. and, 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 and people respecting that in the same way that they respect living recklessly or living crazy, the crazy life. Because that's we all know people live through people. Right. So right. when they see somebody bust their gun like on, you know, a movie or something, that's cool. But you're not about to do it because, you know, you're not about that life. 
in real life. But, you know so what I mean? So basically, selling a selling a different a different story. Right, just like he mentioned, people pretending to have a dirty sprite or something. You know, right? The kids, yeah. Right. I remember the fake cigarettes back. Remember Absolutely, when they used to yeah, yeah, man, the fake yeah of course oh, it had smoke. Pump, smoke came out of it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Gooey, what, do you, what do you think? Right. Remember that when we were in elementary, junior high school, we used to walk around too. acting like yeah. we were smoking. I'm like, what yep. the heck I'm doing? Like, looking stupid. You there's, always, there's always some, but people weren't overdosing from no, those. no, no. But Gooey, what about in terms in terms of the trends? Because also too, you look you look at the way voting. You know, a lot of first time voters, a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of people in their late teens, early twenties, voting for the very first time. Mm-hmm. That was kind of made cool. We saw artists yeah. posting that they voted yeah. and everything. What do you think about this? Do you think we need, let me just ask you this. Do you think we need to do something in terms of a message so people have the information? Yeah, of course. Of course. You're not just saying that to make like, me happy. Nah. Right? <laughs> I'm honestly saying anything for my, pers- like, for my personal, like my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. Like, of course you should give awareness. Like, everybody needs to know, like, but about everything. You get what I'm saying? Not just about one thing. Like like you say, you work in an ER, you see different types of overdoses. So we're going to give awareness to young people on this, give awareness on everything. And like, let, it, let them know about what, what's exactly going on. Exactly. Like, Dr. Rabia, what do you, uh, what's, your, what's your word of advice for people that are considering doing any of these things when now, now you, you got that X factor of fentanyl when you don't know if it's in it or not? Man, um... It's my. It's it's hard because there's so many factors that play along in this. Um, from the street perspective of people selling it, um, again to the pharmaceutical companies, and then. But you still have a choice. If but you still put it have a mouth. choice, right? And then there's the psychological component. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have a definitive answer. I, again, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm an emergency physician in New York City. They've seen these things and personally dealt with it from a family perspective. And I really don't have a definitive answer. I'm just, I am literally begging the community to become more involved. I need the parents to become more involved in what kids, kids, in their kids' life and not just leaving it up to them to figure it out themselves. Chuck, final word on the, uh, on, on the hip-hop culture. What do you think hip-hop needs to do? Anything? Uh, I mean, or fans I just or think, I or? think, you know, from from I'm not an artist, um, but you know my thing is be original, you know show the depth of your artistry, show how powerful you really really are because you can literally like Kendrick Lamar is always the go to, but let's go to Kendrick Lamar or right. J Cole, those guys are rich beyond our most wildest of our dreams, wildest right. dreams, right? And so those guys are truly, they truly stand on their square and really represent the totality of who they are. So, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to life. There's so much more so to this more world. Aspects, right? Absolutely. And I think the proper artist can do just about anything. That's right. And, and to we've me, seen some of that. I always prided myself, um, even when I was rapping or whatever, that I didn't drink or that I didn't kill black people. Like, that was something that I was personally proud of mm-hmm. right and i held on to that and obviously it didn't work out so maybe it hmm. did because you said right no, <laughs> no, it did because you're kidding, right I'm here kidding. on street soldiers no, right joking. now and you're right. no, and joking. you're sharing it with a lot of people i'm joking but i but i'm i'm an original type of person like that's my that's my uh square you know really being an original so 
for hip hop, I want to see more and more artists just being Diversity. individuals. Right, Diversity. absolutely. Like just because Lil Wayne, right? Like Dead Press. Just because Lil Wayne sips does not mean you have to either. Yeah. Right. It's, it's think for yourself, right. basically. All right. Well, well, I want to thank you all for being with us yeah, for this episode of Speed it. Soldiers. Kingui, thank you so much for for being so open about your experiences yeah. and, and sharing your story with us. I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Arabia Molette, thank you for all the great information and insight. We really thank appreciate you. it. You're and welcome. Chuck Creekmer, always great to have you on the uh, on the hip hop tip here. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for watching this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.